Hello, everybody out there trying to figure out how the heck you're going to reinvent yourself now. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm here for Reinvent Yourself. And I have a wonderful person for you to listen to today. If you are in one of those professions that maybe you didn't think too hard about when you first went into it, but it was a good choice, it was a good way to check the box, as everybody says, for somebody who's successful, for what you should do, it's intellectual, it's smart, but maybe it just doesn't feel like you, it doesn't feel like the right fit, or maybe you're a little bored or it's uncreative. Um, I have someone wonderful who can talk about it, um, going through the same issue as you did. And it's Bonnie Chan Wu, and she is the CEO of Icicle Group and the founder of Woman Boss. And she started out as a banker, and she said she just checked the box boxes. She grew up in Hong Kong, that was what you did. Um, and then really longed for creativity in her life. And she then left that. And she said she wanted to create something that she felt that she was really building herself. She became a brand builder. She works for she worked in branding and marketing for some of the largest brands in the world. And then she decided even that was not exactly what she wanted to do because she would come up with all these great branding plans. And then, of course, whoever they presented it to, they might not go for it. And she always says she wondered what would have been like if they actually went for it. So she decided the only way to make sure someone went for it is to become the boss. So she became her own boss and she created Woman Boss, which is a site that caters, it's IamWomanBoss.com, and it caters to just products made by women. And there's always a backstory to all of them and she talks about some of the interesting people on her site uh, in the discussion, but she feels like she's doing good for women, she's doing good for the economy, and she's doing good for people who want to reinvent themselves in the tech world. And no, she didn't go back and learn to code. She used all her management skills, as she says, to learn to build the right team, to trust the right team, and to know what she didn't know. And so I can't wait to bring to you um, this wonderful, interesting woman, the founder of Woman Boss, Bonnie Chan Wu. So how are you today, Bonnie? I'm so glad to have you here all the way from England. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me today. And I'm very excited to, to have a conversation with you. So let's talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, um, and how you ended up doing what you're doing today. Um, I will tell everybody all those wonderful things you do earlier, so we'll have those all, all already uh, in there. But let's talk about where did you grow up, and how did, how did you end up as a, uh, as a mogul in this area? Right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm still growing up, I hope. <laughs> and uh, so I, I have been growing up in many different places. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong. I received my early education primary school uh, in Hong Kong and then went to the UK. Uh, boarding school, high, uh, high school and then university there. And then worked in Hong Kong and then in London and then uh, traveled a lot with my work, uh, started off as a banker 
and, uh, and then moved into creative marketing and branding and more recently moved into um, entertainment and e-commerce and uh, ended up um, just before COVID, I was still in New York and um, starting this business called uh, Woman Boss. And, uh, and now because um, I have a son who is receiving education in the UK, now I'm in lockdown in, in UK and every moment I'm still growing up. I think we're all continuing to grow up and I think um, that's a great way to put it. And I think, I think all our listeners are doing that also. <laughs> so let's talk. I'm really interested. So you were a banker originally. What made you leave banking? What was it? Cause we have a lot of bankers in our purview here and I think some are very frustrated or bored or, <laughs> um, you know, have met their level there and are thinking about what they would like to do um, that is different. And the word you mentioned, creative, that's a big issue for a lot of people in these very formal kinds of environments who are, you know, challenged, say, intellectually, but they find that there's no creativity. Is that why you left? Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, to answer your question about leaving banking, uh, I think the best way to answer it is, is how I got into banking. And I have a feeling, uh, especially I've shared this with a lot of my friends, uh, a lot of people went into banking, including myself, not actually um, knowing what we were getting into, but was just trying to um, kind of check check a box off in the list so um so you come out of college uh you you look around and you think okay it looks like a banking career is sounds successful or sounds uh, like uh what a high achiever would do so that's how you got into a job and and of course um you know it doesn't take very long to figure out that's is that something that you want to wake up to every morning and then uh and then i left and uh and left thinking that okay i i just i have to get into a job where i feel i can be creative i can be i can be doing things that i um i feel i am building something instead of um processing or just um, building relationships, but feeling that my hands are in it, um, creating something that I can, I can see my own, my own self in the product. So, so I got into creative and, uh, and in the beginning it was, well, I, w I wouldn't say beginning before quite some time I was in marketing and branding, um, uh, working with a lot of biggest brands in the world. And, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but still, uh, because you're building other people's brands, there is still some limitation when there are times that you have some really good ideas and you think you really, really want to push. But when it gets rejected by the client, you, you wonder, you wonder all the time, what if it was not rejected? What if I could do it? And, and so that led me to you know, make the next move feeling that, okay, I need more space, more freedom, more, um, more power to make my own decisions on what I get to choose to work on. And that's how I made my other, the next pivot from, from creating for other people to creating more for a brand that I, I start myself. It's interesting because you say that about banking. I hear it a lot in the interviews I do. I hear that a lot about law. A lot of people are like, well, my dad was a lawyer, my mom was a lawyer, so that was the thing that I thought I should do. I hear it somewhat about banking, but that's mm -hmm. definitely true. 
Yeah. Talk a little bit about branding because branding is such a big issue for women themselves and to try to understand personal branding today, especially when you've been part of a big firm and you are leaving or your, you know, your salary's being cut or you're being put into a, an area that doesn't excite you. The big question is, oh my God, now I've got a, what is this, you know, personal branding? I don't understand it. I don't know why I need it. Can you talk a little bit about that since you have a big branding background? Yes, uh, branding. It's, it's a very um, complex uh, subject, uh, especially that I think the world has changed a lot um, in terms of how people perceive uh, a certain product, a personality, and all that in the, in the old days before digital, or even in the beginning, uh, when people don't get to see so much behind a brand, the image is very important. So it's, it's about creating an aspirational image. But uh, nowadays, I, I personally think branding is all about being authentic and being consistent. And that is very different from uh, what a lot of people think branding is. So it creates even more, um, you know, more complication when you are thinking about personal branding. While you might be, uh, a lot of people, let's say, use Instagram, might be uh, curating a lot of images, try to, trying to portray uh, a different image than your real self, and you think that is called branding, but once, but when you would find that people don't engage with that, people can see through that, and especially you know with these platforms that are changing so fast, they're revealing more about yourself. All they're giving you more channels to tell your story, and everybody else is doing that too. You look at the younger generation; they're on TikTok, and they're so um, they're so real. Do they just look at celebrities? Do they just look at big names? No more. Who they really care about are people that they feel they know. Firstly, the people that they really know, they really care about. And people that they feel are more real, they are in their own community, then, then they, they, they care about, they follow. And so this whole notion of branding is, is changing so fast. It's so dynamic. Um, it is almost... Um, one shouldn't be thinking too much about it because it's counterproductive. It's, it's more about really knowing yourself, knowing what you really stand for, the values that, you, that, that keep you, keep you uh, consistent and, and live it. Then the branding comes out naturally, organically, that can engage. That, that is the theory of it. Um, am I able to do it all the time? No, probably not. But, but being in the business for so long, I, I have this insight uh, and seeing how things are going. Do you think that this whole idea, because I think you're right about authenticity, do you think authentic is going to become more important after this pandemic or less? Oh, absolutely. Um, more, more uh, important. Even with, uh, you know, now everybody is in lockdown, uh, you know, on Zoom calls and things like that. Everyone is revealing what their house looks like, look like. And when you're on calls all the time, you start are, you know, not really dressing up anymore. <laughs> and a lot of business meetings now, I'm, I just put on a t-shirt. I don't even put up that, put, put so much makeup on. And so your, your real self, you're bringing your real self a lot more with this, with this um, lockdown. I mean, two, three years ago, remember the, that 
that BBC, I think it was a BBC journalist who had a child running into the meeting or running into a broadcast session. And it was such a, such a big deal. I mean, now, I mean, we all have those times that we're having really important meetings while at home and there are, you know, pets running around, children talking in the background. So we're all way more, um, uh, we're, we're way more just bringing our real selves to, to the world and, uh, and all actually tolerant of each other being their real selves. You know, it's funny, I was just listening to the news and this um, major um, scientist and econ e economic guy at the same time was trying to talk on Morning Joe and the dog is barking in the background. <laughs> and he was like, well, I, you know, he's in the other room, but there's nothing I could do. So everybody was just laughing. Yeah. And um, I, you know, it's interesting. I think you're right because I spend my whole time during this pandemic, I... I'm amazed by looking at people's homes and how they, you know, and I'm sure some of it's set up, some people are staging it, but I think you're right, over time it's going to erode and we can't keep the facade up. But it is, there is something really interesting about seeing these very polished people and seeing who they really are. And maybe that's a great opening for people who are worried about trying to figure out what their brand is. Maybe. Maybe they really, you know, I guess they first need to get in touch with who they are authentically are themselves, right? So that's the hard part. <laughs> okay, maybe that's the first step then. Yes. So let's talk about Woman Boss. Um, explain what it is and why you created it. Yes, uh, Woman Boss is a platform uh, for women who are seeking uh, a good life. And what, what I mean is it's, um, uh, well, we all have uh, times that we feel, you know, we go shopping, buy all the things that we want and, and, uh, and filling our lives with a lot of material uh, stuff and, and feeling that it's good. But, but you know, uh, I think the new generation and, and also even uh, myself, uh, having matured a lot over the years, I realized that uh, there is something more behind uh, just just shopping and buying but you still need to shop and buy so so is there a uh, is there a more purposeful way of consuming uh and and of course it's it's every everybody now talks about you know green living uh clean eating um clean beauty um so i i want to i want to create a platform where we have um these merchandise uh from very purpose-driven mission-led businesses and especially uh, made by women. So in, on one single platform, we have uh, these products and uh, these products spark conversations uh, amongst women um, together and, um, and create this ecosystem that is uh, supportive of um, each other uh, and, and grow together. So this is what Women Boss is. And how many people are on the platform now? And talk about some of the, what are the most interesting products or businesses that you've um, brought onto the platform? Right. Uh, at this moment, we have 26 brands on the platform. And uh, some of the companies, some of the brands are founded by um, more than one person. So uh, in, in that community of founders, we have 30 of them and we are, uh, we are bringing on new brands all the time. Uh, there are many really interesting uh, interesting stories. Uh, we try to uh, have a diverse range of founders because they 
uh, we feel that everyone likes a role model and there is not one single type of role model. What is a woman boss? It doesn't have to have a stereotypical um, image. So when we, when we went to, uh, when we went to seek for these um, personalities uh, behind these brands, we deliberately look for different types. And uh, there are a couple of really interesting, uh, well, they're all very interesting. Some of, uh, one of them, Maria's bag, um, uh, she is, uh, uh, she is, uh, um, she's a founder of a, a luxury handbag company and, uh, she user, uh, she comes from Guatemala and she realizes that, uh, she could bring, uh, together a community of craftsmen from Guatemala, uh, to apply their skills into making handbags, uh, that can sell for you know proper market rates that then that can bring back enough profits to pay them more properly and uh, with a fair uh, wage that they would not have been able to earn uh, in the past so she really the founder really started um, her name is Alita Boer she she really started with just working with a few craftsmen and now now her community is 600 strong and I think that's that's a, a very uh, amazing story and and also uh, for someone to to see an opportunity like that and creating a brand out of that, I I, I really uh, I really enjoy just just learning about the story, uh, and and there are other um, there there are another there's another brand very successful Senrev uh, another luxury handbag brand, um, the two uh, are really good friends the two co-founders uh, Wendy and Coral really good friends, uh, one is from banking one is from fashion and then they they saw an opportunity to disrupt the luxury handbag. Uh, industry where uh, you know all the design is top down from the creative, but they they thought okay because one of them was was from tech. Uh, how about um, you know flipping that model of instead of relying on the creative head, you actually create a prototype like how you do it in technology and let the users give feedback and design it from bottom up, and and in the end they created this very iconic handbag super um luxury looking and uh and and very very functional uh which which is like a single uh at the time when they were you know starting the business a single um design that they they bet on and now they have grown the company to to really big they just raised a, a big round of, of um 16 million dollars in, in the fundraising and and still keep going going global so um really really um energized to see stories like that now are you the only outlet um digital outlet for these people are you one of oh, the no, outlets no, no. we're some of uh but most cases we're definitely not the only outlet but we do work with them on special collapse so there are products that are only available on on our platform more involved that's really interesting um, to get the consumer involved is a, is a great sort of tweak on what, what happens. I keep looking at, you know, I have so many handbags having been in the fashion business for so long, but I still like to look <laughs> and I see these, all these mini cross bat, you know, cross body bags. I'm like, okay, I can't even fit my glasses in there. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, I, I can't even, I mean, I, I can't go out of the house without my glasses. I can't see anything. So I don't feel it. Unless I'm a, you know, switch over to contacts, I have no, no fashion future. Hmm. So 
Let's talk a little bit um, about, do you see the consumer responding to the fact that there are products made by women? I mean, as we know, with green products and all that stuff, the product has to be good first. No one's going to buy it just because a woman made it. But what are you hearing and what are you seeing from your consumer? You are absolutely right. It is, uh, it is all about the product first. It's not be, people are not buying just because they are made or created by women. Uh, it's just that we, we feel that there is a meaning to forming a community. And women make fantastic products. So just judging by the product's merits on its own, it, it already, you know, it, it, they are already really, really good products. Um, uh, so I, I, I feel, you know, right now we're, we're seeing a lot of interest, uh, especially in products that are innovative, um, mission-led. And what we love um, about our platform is people find conversation around the products. Um, it is not just about buying and consuming, but actually talking about it with friends uh, because they find the products interesting uh, because there, there was a mission behind it or, or how the founder, um, you know, overcome a lot of challenges to found the business and, and all that. I think those conversations are the most important piece of the experience uh, of the ex of the woman boss experience, and let's talk about you being a woman boss because that can be hard. And how did you switch over to tech from banking? Did you go back and get some kind of tech grounding? Did you hire the right people? How did you switch over to that? Because a lot of people um, who have to switch, you know, they're not technically savvy, and we all know that the world that we live in today you have to have a business that's somehow based on tech. And we're, we're really seeing that during the pandemic. If you don't, um, it's going to be very hard to sell. Yes, that's right. Uh, yes. I mean, building woman boss, uh, there are many engineers, uh, developers behind it. And, uh, and uh, yes, I mean, over four, I'm over 40. So I didn't take any computer science <laughs> course. And, uh, and uh, I, think, I think for me, I really rely uh, a lot on um, my uh, management skills, I would say, uh, bringing the right people together in the team and knowing how to motivate uh, and uh, putting, you know, drawing up the uh, lines of responsibilities in a very clear way, uh, knowing what my own limitation is. So I don't try to meddle uh, in spaces where I don't have um, enough knowledge or expertise, uh, but find the right people that you can rely on and also recognize that uh, being the founder or the owner of the business, you know, it's so easy to, to because you are, you have the ultimate power. It almost feels like everything is an invitation to you to meddle. So you have to know where you, what you don't know and, and uh, find the best people to work with. But the, the key is to stay, um, stay bonded with, with all the key decision makers in the team and uh, bring them, align them to, to the mission and, and to the um, common goal. So if somebody wants to do what you did, so they're in banking, they're in an insurance firm, mm. they're a lawyer, they're a sort of, you know, uncreative. Um, no offense to anybody who finds those terms creative. <laughs> um, but what other people might think is less creative. And they want to move over into something in tech um, and start selling products and things like that. What would you say to a girlfriend like me, you know, got some, some wear and tear on us. We're not babies. 
um, mm. we're not 101. What would you say are the three most important tips and tricks to know? Like, do I have to go back to school? Do I, you know, like what did you, what were the stumbling blocks that you learned and you, you um, would pass along to a good friend? I, I would say it's really important to get the right team together. And uh, but that's, that's for any business, whether you're going into, you know, creative media or, or, or tech. Um, and the other thing is uh, be very realistic about it. I think being, I mean, having been in banking, and I'm sure it's very similar with, lo- uh, with, with legal and, and other more um, traditional um, traditional professional industries, uh, it's that things are more certain in those industries uh, than being an entrepreneur, definitely. So uh, you can't, uh, you have to be very uh, prepared to, to be uh, comfortable with uncertainties and be very realistic about the risk that you are taking. And uh, I think that that is um, that takes you know a lot of conversations with people who have had the experiences uh, to so that you can form the, the expectations properly and having those people around uh, to be your you know sounding board and 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 um, you know be someone that you can talk to mentor whatnot uh, around throughout the entrepreneurial journey is extremely uh, important and I, I would say third thing which is uh, which is again it's like just such common business practice but i do see a lot of people not doing it uh, because it's, it sounds so basic and so common so people kind of forget it is is um market research uh i i think uh, um you know any business idea sounds great at the at the beginning i mean everything sounds great really so um but what do your does your market need it uh are, are the people you know, do, do people see value in what you want to offer? There, there are so many things you want to, I mean, I want to offer, but what, what is relevant? So, um, so I think the discipline of, of doing the proper research and making decisions based on, based on research data and insights, uh, is, it's, it's not easy to, it's easier to say than, than to do it. Definitely. But, but I would say that that's a, a top advice. Do you have to go get professional research? Is that what you mean? Or do you mean uh, going out on the internet and asking your Facebook friends? Or what are you thinking? Are you saying? I think both. Definitely both. So you have to read professional research um, uh, or you know, reach out. Uh, there, there are so many things out there that you can read that that are that gives you data points and things like that. Uh, and, and also you can use a research firm on particular um, particular uh, questions that you have about the market, and then once you launch your, you know, your 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 most basic product, most basic uh, yeah, platform or whatever it is, then then it's all about um, looking at the feedback, the what the user says, and then and then really respond uh, and be um, you know uh, be very dynamic about how you are going to map out the roadmap of your of your uh, of your development around uh, what the user is telling you and what did the user tell you when you were doing your research that surprised you and what disappointed you hmm uh, uh, yes, a lot of things came in as a surprise. Um, we we started off with ten brands, and it was so it we ha- didn't ex- you know we had no um, 
we didn't think about what would work better or not, but it was such a surprise that one single brand actually really stood out in a, in a market uh, that we didn't even do any marketing. And, <laughs> and so, and also how it came about. So we, we obviously had to go back and see, Oh, how that came about, how that demand, how, how did even those customers found out? And then how, um, what, what was the story behind the spike of demand for that product? And, and when we, you know, dig up everything, then we realize, oh, okay, that is something that we never really thought about. And, um, and, uh, and then you, you have to figure out how do you recreate that again? <laughs> so uh, for us, that, that was a, a little surprise and it's a good one. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a wellness product. Um, and, uh, and it was, um, it was, it was, it, uh, it was due to um, a couple of people um, trying the product, liked it, liked our platform, and they started talking about it on Instagram and, and people finding out. So, um, and, and it, was, it wasn't, you know, you know, influencer seeding or anything like that. It, it was really organic. So uh, th there are things like that, that, that we went, uh, we you know, put in the efforts to, to find out more and, uh, and figure out figure out how we could we could um leverage that piece of information and build on that what was there anything that disappointed you that like that you thought was going to take off for sure this is going to be a big hit like i'm always surprised in my business i spend all this time i craft this i craft that i craft this i craft that and then at the last minute i'm like eh, and then we'll do this thing and it's the thing at the last minute that you throw in and you're like oh why is that <laughs> Do you have anything like that where you're this, you spend all this time on something and then it's like not the thing that goes the way you thought it would? I would say, I would say less of something that I pushed out to the market um, because in the, you know, we're still in a startup phase. So I don't have um, like a, uh, I, I, I don't have uh, an expectations. Um, I, on, on everything that I put out, it's more like I want to release something so I learn, and then what can I do next? But I would say disappointments with the business, oh, of course there are. There are disappointments with um, how I've managed uh, some situations, how I've lead, uh, I, I have led um, certain projects, um, or even you know how I have um, allocated the resources. Um, I, I felt I have overkilled some of the uh, some of the initiatives, um, and you know that there are there are more like disappointments internally than than externally. Externally, I I actually I manage my own expectations very well. That I know a business takes a long time to build up unless you are you know you're building something super disruptive. What what we are building is not disruptive, but it's very uh, I feel is very authentic, and in time it it will. Uh, you will build up a community around it. And it, because it is so authentic and we want to do it that way, you, you can't have, you know, we have very realistic um, expectations that it takes time. Now, if any of my listeners want to apply to be part of Woman Boss, obviously they're going to go look at the site and shop you. But say they have a product, what do they do? Do they have to apply or, or what happens? Do they contact you and how do they reach you? Just reach us, just DM us on, on Instagram, uh, you know, email us, uh, we respond. <laughs> okay. Is there, a, is there an application project? Do you have to be certain 
XYZ or yeah it's funny we we started off maybe this is one of the not disappointment but just something that we didn't think about we started off having an application process and we we had like a cycle of every I think it was eight weeks that we uh, we would review all the applications that came in through the through the internet we have a page uh, on on our website uh, that sets deadline and things like that and then ended up all these interesting brands that came to us are through DMs uh, on Instagram so they just <laughs> texted us <laughs> and then you and then we say hey you know we send them back to the page but but now I realize you don't really need to do that I mean why creating all that bureaucracy when you can be organic and then, it's and, funny bureaucracy <laughs> goes when you're doing your own thing because you're like what's the fastest route with the least amount of work and the fewest people who can do it right yeah and you're creating bureaucracy for yourself as well so <laughs> right exactly that's yeah. so funny yeah well terrific thank you so much bonnie i so appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today about woman boss and about your journey and I can't wait to get this in front of my listeners there. I'm sure they're going to come check out your site and uh, help. They love supporting women-made things and women's enterprise. I mean, that's what we're all about is women supporting women. So I love seeing you out there doing that. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you for having me. So thank you everybody for joining us today for this conversation. I hope this was inspirational as well as gave you some real concrete ideas of what you could do next or how to segue in to what you really want to do or what you want to do next, or it may be the second step. Maybe there's going to be a third. And if you enjoyed this recording, I hope that you will also listen to all the others, please subscribe to reinvent yourself. And please pass us along to any friends you have who are trying to figure out what's next for them. We have so much inspiration and we have so many steps and we have so many people in the podcast who are really creating platforms for women to reinvent themselves and not just women, men too. But I really want every one of you to understand that it's never too late. It's never over. You're the one who gets to decide when it's over. And there are a million things you can do. And I really, really, really do believe that after this sort of pandemic crisis we are going through, as we rebuild, there are going to be enormous opportunities out there for people who are creative, who are smart, who can see the gaps in markets and can then bring together their own world. They don't have to live in someone else's world. So I hope you enjoy this. If you want to leave us a comment, that would be great also. And if you want to leave us some stars or review, that would be fantastic as well. If you know of anybody who I should interview, you can write to me at leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y, at coveyclub.com. Love to hear from you. And come on over to coveyclub.com and join us. We are rocking it out and we are now broadcasting our webinars with really learn something. Everything from work from home chic, how to dress yourself from the waist up so that you look appropriate for your either interviews or for your meetings to how to personal brand build. 
Um, and we're really having a lot of fun learning and enjoying and playing together and feeling like a very strong community. So come over and join us and uh, we'll see you next time.